0: The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor football, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support us here at the Sports Gambling Podcast for bringing you these shows for free. All you have to do to support us is log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. Hey guys, you are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at LockBetting and check out my website LockBetting.com where currently the Q&A show is available for everybody for free if you want to have a listen to that. And of course, every month the PL is also available for you guys to look at for free before you make any kind of commitment to LockBetting. And uh, the European show is available for just $10 a month. Four episodes of the European show each month, and that will be available tomorrow. But we're here to cover the EPL. The real EPL is back here on the EPL show. Last week was an international edition where we did pretty well. Actually landed locks on both the European show version and the EPL show version so two locks landed last week but it's just very good to have the the Premier League back last time I was cursing the international window because it wasn't good for us but this one was okay Um, but it's really not it's really more so about the levels of interest there's nothing quite like the the Premier League and just generally having league football back especially now that we are nine and ten games in and we're looking to probably make a lot more money from it we had a sticky start with our locks although the pick. Have always remained pretty consistent throughout. I've been doing quite well with seven and three and eight and two weeks on the picks. But uh, the locks had a sticky start, but we've managed to pull that back as well, uh, recently going four and one with the last five locks. So hopefully you're going to continue that on this week. Hopefully we can take some teams in some good spots. Um, There are a lot of teams that have made mediocre starts that are expected to do better. And um, we may be looking at a lot of those in bounce back spots this week with the Premier League coming back after the international window. One of those teams is... Everton, which is a nice transition because they open up the weekend at home to West Ham United. Their manager, Marco Silva, is currently the favourite to go. He's odds on, in fact, to be the first manager to go, although I personally fancy Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to go before him. And uh, if Manchester United are on the end of a trouncing this week in the game of the week, at home to Liverpool, I'm pretty optimistic that we may see the back of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on Monday morning. So I do think that this is a very good bet um, because I do think out of the two teams this weekend, when you're looking at Everton and you're looking at Manchester United's games, you would think that Everton would be the more likely to pick up the points here at the weekend. I'm just trying to find the um, the full odds at the moment. The market's actually been suspended where I'm looking. And uh, they, at the moment, they only have availability for the... Um, for the next permanent managers. Oh, here we go. Let's move on to a different website. Yeah, so here we go. All uh, just check it out. Marco Silva as the next managed go favourite. Even money's the best price, but he's generally odds on. And Olegon Gunnar Solskjaer's at 3-1. to Mricio Pochettino's at 5-1. to one. I don't think Spurs, knowing their owners, would ever let him go. Uh, would let him walk voluntarily. I think it would need to be another club coming in for him and then they would want the compensation for that. He's under a contract there, so I don't see Tottenham sacking him unless they really, really, really are doing terrible and look like they're not going to get into the top four. They have an easy bounce-back game, I think, this week against Watford, who are bottom of the table. But uh, the really thing is between Everton and Manchester United. And Everton here, as I said, they kick off the weekend with a home game at West Ham. Which I would think is a must win situation. If not, definitely, definitely not, uh, definitely a must not lose situation off the bat. Uh, They come into this as the 10 to 11 favourites. It's 13 to 5 the draw, and it's 14 to 5 on West Ham. As I want to put money on Solskjaer to be the next manager to go, I would like Everton to pick up a result here. As I said, it is more likely that they end up winning this game as opposed to Manchester United obviously playing at home to Liverpool. Um, West Ham are a little bit of an inconsistent team. Last time we saw them, they ended up losing uh, to Palace despite being 1-0 ahead midway through the second half after pretty much dominating the first half. So that pretty much outlines the inconsistencies of West Ham in a single game but they have made a relatively decent start to the season give or take um, a poor performance here and there like the first day of the season where they are bashed by Manchester City as for Everton they've been I wouldn't even say they've been inconsistent because that would be putting them in the same ballpark as the likes of West Ham or, or a Bournemouth or someone of that nature no I don't think they've been inconsistent I think they've been consistently poor they've been They've got a a couple of rare wins and a couple of rare, decent performances. But more or less, the structure at Everton is relatively poor. It doesn't look like Marco Silva knows what he's doing. It's difficult to see what he's doing. There's no consistency in the team. Uh, They spent £39 million on a top-class striker who doesn't play. Um, I think Juve would have liked to have kept most keen. I think he would have eventually been the successor to Cristiano Ronaldo, but I don't think they could have kept him on as a bench warmer um, for the next three or four years. So they had to let him go. I'm surprised that they didn't loan him out, but then Everton are the ones that have got him. And it looked like he would be on paper, the next Romelu Lukaku, where he would come to Everton for a reasonably decent price banging about 20 goals a season and then move on to an even bigger club and Juve would look like they made a massive mistake. Well, at the moment, you can't really say he's been a flop because he hasn't been given a chance to do anything. And they've got another 40 million guy in, in Alex Awobi and he's not getting game time either. This guy, honestly... Doesn't, know, doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. I think he's been an overrated manager for a long time. His achievements of Watford were overhyped. And for some reason, when they had Sam Allardyce, Everton were always desperate to get this guy in. They just couldn't wrangle him away from Watford. But as soon as they had the opportunity to get him, they managed to get him in. And it's just never really been a success. And I didn't understand the obsession of, um, of hiring him. I don't understand why he's there. I don't understand what he's trying to do. I do think that Everton would be able to succeed in bringing in Eddie Howe if they wanted to. He's a lifelong Everton fan. He's a proven premiership commodity. The stuff he's done at Bournemouth is amazing. And uh, I think he would be the right man for Everton next. But um, I think this weekend they may scrape through. I certainly won't be betting it. Um, it's not going to be something that I have my own money on but I just think they may be motivated by coming back off an international break, a little bit rejuvenated, he may, may he may simplify his thing down in terms of his team selection and um, they may also be motivated by the fact that this is going to be a televised game at the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday so we'll see what happens there but it's certainly not going to be something I play it's a small lean on Everton here up next, we look at Aston Villa versus Brighton, where Aston Villa are the 13-10 favourites. It's 12-5 the draw, and it's 19-10 on Brighton. Now, Brighton a difficult team to, to look at because their manager swears blind that they are playing really well every single game and just not getting the results, and this Tottenham result was long overdue, whereas if we all watched that game, we could see that Tottenham were... Absolutely, as poor as Tottenham have been for some time. They just look completely disjointed and Brighton were able to take them apart. I wouldn't even say it was high quality football. It was just Tottenham being very lackadaisical and Brighton taking advantage of their chances and their chances were sort of all scrap bar one. They were kind of scrappy goals that they managed to put through. One was a massive howler in the opening 90 seconds from Hugo Lloris, which ended up with him sitting on his backside with a broken hand. So I'm not reading too much into that one. I'm reading a little bit more into the fact that last time out, Aston Villa smashed Norwich 5-1. And if this team are now able to score five, six goals. Well, I mean, we'll call that an outlier, but if this team are, let's just say, managing to find the net more freely than they were at the start of the season, then they're going to definitely survive in this league. And they certainly should be good enough to beat this Brighton team. They have some decent players in the side, like Wesley, like uh, Jack Grealish, like McGinn. Um, these are all proven Premier League players already at this early point in the season. And I'm expecting Aston Villa to, to win this game. Um, and I also think that this may be a low-scoring encounter. Up next, we look at Bournemouth and Norwich, where Bournemouth, in my opinion, are generously priced in this game. They're available at best price of five to six, more commonly at four to five minus one to five, sixteen to five the draw, and three to one on Norwich. Now this Bournemouth team are flying high in the Premier League this season. This is, they've been their best start and they've had a lot of good starts in the Premier League. They've been a very, very consistent Premier League side. Uh, never really looked like they've been in danger of going down, which is a, a testament to the good work that Eddie Howe has done. Um, three wins out of eight, two draws and, and three defeats. Leaves them bang in mid-table. They're level on points with Tottenham and above Manchester United by two points in this league. Level with Wolves, which shows how good a form Wolves are in because they started rock bottom at the start of the season. So I fancy Bournemouth to, to win this game at home. They're a strong home team, but one thing they are not strong at is at the back. So another pick that I like in this game is going up to the over... 3.5 3.5 goals market so bear in, mind, bear in mind what I said there I didn't go for over 2.5 which is the normal barometer um, over 2.5 only plays, minus two, only plays out on minus 200 so he could take it but at um, a best price of 6-5 to five, actually I like the over 3.5 goals in this game Bournemouth always concede Norwich are a very attacking team but Bournemouth are going to take this Norwich team apart, in my opinion. I also like Bournemouth to win and both teams to score in this one. So there's a lot I like in this game. Bournemouth and both teams to score is available at 2 to 1. Uh, I think this is going to be a goal fest, but I think Bournemouth are going to score more goals than Norwich. Up next, we'll look at Chelsea versus Newcastle, where Chelsea are the 1 to 3 favourites to win this game. It's 17 to ball a to draw and 9 to 1 on Newcastle. Again, much like the the Bournemouth game i 'm expecting goals in here, although i 'm not expecting it to be so much of a uh, of a seesaw battle. I think if anything, this could be a game where Chelsea are comfortably ahead, and Newcastle may end up nicking one. Uh, I think the early season start where the players were were playing for Steve Bruce um, kind of kind of faded. Um, into into games 4 and 5 of the season then all of a sudden we saw this incredible performance against Manchester United I mean that could be partly down to the fact that Manchester United lack or severely lack creativity and in the end it was almost inevitable that Newcastle were going to score, but they still did a relatively decent job. You can only play who's in front of you. And, 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 and it was the Newcastle defence that really didn't allow Man United to create something. And then they sat back and, uh, in the end, hit Man United on the break. And it was a big victory for them in their season. Here, I think they come down to a letdown spot. Newcastle are notoriously, notoriously poor in London whenever they come to the capital they're almost always beaten I wouldn't be surprised here to see Chelsea win or covering one or two goal handicaps but the bet I like even more than that is Chelsea to win and over 2.5 goals um, that one is available for you guys at 10 to 11. The reason I like that one is because it gives you a lot of cover. If Chelsea end up spanking this team three or four nil, you're you're a, onto a winning bet. At the same time, Newcastle, with a singular goal, providing Chelsea win this game, will make a contribution to that over two and a half and the sweat will be completely over for you. And uh, that is a definite possibility, given the lack of clean sheets Chelsea have kept this season. Up next, we look at Leicester versus Burnley, where Leicester are available 4-7. to seven. It's 16-5 the draw, and it's 11-2 on Burnley. Yeah, Leicester last time out went toe-to-toe with Liverpool, and it needed a 95th-minute um, James Milner penalty after a poor mistake by Albrighton to gift Liverpool the win there, but for 94 minutes of that game, they were neck and neck and level. Uh, James Madison equalised, from a uh, equalised uh, cancelled out with his equaliser, a Sadio Mane goal. And um, Leicester were very close to taking a point from Liverpool second time in the season. The, the, loss, the Leicester losses this season have been relatively rare. I know they lost at Manchester United, but they have played well throughout the season and they're sitting in a very decent league position. And I do think that they look like a real contender to remain in his top four because they are currently sitting in fourth place despite the fact they lost that game to Liverpool. Their only defeats have come at Anfield and at Manchester United in a game that they dominated. Four wins out of eight with two draws and two losses and a plus seven goal difference. And now they host Burnley, a team who've also made a decent start sitting in seventh place. But what Burnley often do... Um, we've seen them make these starts before and not really play out the second half of the season or some, if they're in relegation trouble they often pull it out at the end they, they seem to be find it very difficult to play two halves of the season and um, I'm a little bit sceptical about this one simply because Burnley haven't quite had that dip yet but on paper If we were going to go down the route of doing a combined 11 here, I don't think a single Burnley player would get into this Leicester team. This Leicester team is so strong this year. And I really do like them at home. Players like Helemans, Chilwell, Pereira, Vardy, Schmeichel in goal, uh, James Madison. They're a solid, solid outfit. And I was real, real contenders for the top four. And I tell you right now, lock this one up. Leicester are going to finish above Manchester United this season. I've no doubt about it in my mind. And um, I think Leicester will end up winning this game here against Burnley. Up next, we got Tottenham versus Watford, where Tottenham, have been in such poor form that they are within the realm of what we can take as a lock on this show. Despite the fact that Watford are bottom of the table, now I'm not going to tell. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to take this as the lock because it's just way too easy. Um, I'm not going to go down the minus 200 route for this one. But uh, I do think that Tottenham are going to comfortably win this game. It's a prime, prime bounce back spot for them. Um, There isn't an opponent that I would want to play more than Watford. Um, Tottenham to cover the minus one handicap in this game is available at um, six to five. And for Tottenham to cover the minus one handicap uh, on the Asian market, that's available at four. 4 to 6, minus 150. Oh, actually, best price, 7 to 10. You can get 7 to 10 on the minus one Asian handicap. Now, let me tell you the differences between the goal handicap and Asian handicap again. I'm going to do this probably not for the last time. I like to say it's the last time, but there's new listeners coming all the time. So if you've heard it before, just skip forward the 30 second button on your iPhone. Okay, the minus one Asian handicap means if Tottenham win by just one goal, the result is a push. If they win by two goals, you win the bet overall. Obviously, if Tottenham don't win at all, then you lose the bet. The minus one regular handicap is means that Tottenham have to win by two clear goals. Otherwise, it's a loss. This can also be referred to as the minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap. So to reiterate what that is, minus one Asian handicap means that they have to win by two goals for you to win and one goal is a push. Minus one regular handicap means they have to win by two goals. There's no push on it. You just lose. And Asian handicap 1.5 means the same as regular handicap on a minus 1. There is also minus 1.25 and minus 1.75 but I really don't think you guys are ready to I I really don't think there's any need to muddy the waters and and explain that. It's not that you guys aren't ready for it because we have some pretty strong gamblers on here and some real regulars and some of my own personal clients but uh, we will never be giving out a minus 1.25 or a minus 1.75 on here. I've decided that we're not going to go that far into it Um, it's just not the type of show that that it is Um, if we could we could go into those specifics for clients and we may be doing that kind of stuff on lockbetting.com but I don't think we need it here Um, my best bet here is going to be Tottenham to cover the minus one Asian handicap here at um, at four to six in this game I'm confident that they'll get back on track Um, Harry Kane He's coming back from England duty, where he's now had a couple of goals. Um, Son's coming back from North Korea, uh, believe it or not. Um, Deli Ali's had some break, uh, some a bit of a break now to possibly rediscover what, what was going on wrong with him. Um, I'm just expecting better things all round. I mean, listen to this team: like Mora, Ericsson, Son, Ali, Kane, Alder Wilder. Um, these these are top 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 players and um, they need to get their shit together here Tottenham and I do think that this is a good opportunity this week and they have to win this game they have to win the next two games they have to win this game against Watford and they have to beat Red Star Belgrade in a week because that is really important for their Champions League campaign and this is important for their league campaign because next week um, Liverpool are going to smash Tottenham at Anfield so the revival of Tottenham isn't going to last very long because I think despite the fact that they're too good to drop points in these next two games and they're very good on their own patch then they're they're not going to get their act together in time to, to get anything at Anfield next week so early prediction there for you up next, we've got Wolves against Southampton where Wolves are the four to six favourites. Southampton are available at 15 to four and it's 11 to four to draw. Uh, I like riding here with Wolves. They're a team that just won at Man City last time out before the international break. Um, I've got no reason really here to go against them. Uh, they have been rediscovering their form. It started um, with 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 a with result that we're actually on board with here on, uh, on our LockBetting.com clients. We picked the right spot for where Wolves would have, their, would, have, would have their bounce back. But since then, they've pulled out some results I really didn't expect them to pull out, especially that Manchester City result. And the reason that was even more impressive, I took, I took a one-unit play on Wolves' Off the back of them not having a Europa League game and being at home, where I said that this will finally be the space, the spot where they'll pick up their first win in the season. Now, where the, the one spot where I absolutely hated taking Wolves was when they were playing Man City off the back of a uh, off the back of an away game in Turkey. So, whereas I loved taking Wolves at home to Watford. Um, to, to where I did not like to take him the week after was uh, after winning 1-0 and Besiktas on a Thursday and then going to Manchester City on a Sunday after that big trip from Turkey. Tough game on a Thursday, playing against the champions. It was an early Sunday kickoff as well. They just did Wolves absolutely no favours at all. It was all set up for them to get absolutely annihilated and um, they didn't. They, they soaked everything up. And hit City in the break twice late on. And um, possibly the biggest shock result of the season so far for me. And um, I'm going to ride with Wolverhampton here at 4-6 against Southampton. Speaking of Man City, they are next. They travel to Crystal Palace in the 5.30 game. Where Palace are a crazy price of ten to one here. It's five to one on the draw, and it's one to four on Manchester City. Not sure what to do with this game because um, I think Man City will win. They're, they're usually pretty good after a loss. Last time they lost the game, the next game they won eight nil. Um, it's just difficult to take them at one to four, and it's difficult to find anything else here um, in terms of what to do with this game. I guess. Both teams to score is always a viable option at 10 to 11. Um, Palace are the home team. They've given Manchester City difficult games before. They actually won away to Manchester City last season. Uh, Manchester City are depleted at the back, playing a a midfielder in there with Fernandinho playing alongside Otamendi. Um, They don't know this full-back situation. They're rotating between Chinchenko and Mendy and... um, even on the other side, Carl Walker's not having the best season, really, to be honest. Um, but we don't know the status at the moment of Kevin De Bruyne. So this one could be a stairway, um, especially at one to four, when it doesn't really add too much value to things like parlays. I would probably be sitting off Man City here, and I'd be probably looking at this both teams to score market at 10 to 11, because Palace certainly have a chance to score here. And it's a free hit for them as well. So maybe we're not going to see... The uber defensive palace, and we might see them being a bit more free flowing, and um, obviously that is how they go about it in this game Manchester City will pick them off and win this game comfortably, we're looking at a 3-4-1 or win but um, they may view it that way as a free hit, especially giving their start to the season, they're not in the position that they were last year where they had a relatively poor start, Crystal Palace are doing pretty well this season, they're actually sitting in 6th place with 4 wins, 2 draws and 2 losses and that includes a, a way win against Manchester United which um, used to be a bigger deal than it is these days Manchester United are up next. They play on the only game on Sunday at four thirty on Sunday. They host Liverpool, where Manchester United are available as big as five to one to win this game. I never thought I'd see the day in my lifetime where we would be five to one underdogs to beat Liverpool, the fucking scum. Um, the draw is three to one in this game, and Liverpool, who were available at the start of the week at 10 to 11 um, with the injuries mounting up and mounting up and mounting up and mounting up. We've now only getting them at eight to 11. Well, four to five in some places still, but it's more like eight to 11 or even four to six. If you really want to get the worst price on that one. Oh, I hate to do this. Um, but, but I can't see, Man United getting anything out of this game, especially given the injury crisis at Man United, and especially given the fact that we just look terrible and clueless in attack under Ole God Solskjaer. And it's a tough game to really be 100% sure about because um, Manchester United at home should have some resistance. But this is the second time in Premier League history that Manchester United ha- have been... Not only an underdog, but have had a team being odds-on favourites against them. This is only the second time ever in the history of the Premier League that Manchester United have had a team as odds-on favourites against them at Old Trafford. Do you know when the first game was? Do you know when the first ever time was a team were odds-on favourites to win at Old Trafford? It was last season at home to Manchester City. So both of these times have occurred under the reign of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, Manchester City were favourites to win at Manchester United under Jose Mourinho, but there's a difference between being favourites and being odds on favourites. That is embarrassing for Manchester United. For that reason alone... You, you should be looking at making a change here with the manager. And I don't want to be the person that comes on and go, change manager, change manager, change manager, change manager. I, I wasn't on here saying that we needed to, to sack Jose Mourinho. I wasn't doing podcasts where I was saying that we needed to sack Louis van Gaal. I wasn't happy with David Moyes. But, I mean, these were, these two, other two guys won things at this club. And is, and it seemed like we're continually changing the formula, um, the problem, one of the biggest problems of Man United is to go from attack managers to attack-minded managers to defensive-minded managers to attack-minded managers, and that's where the whole problem would start. Now we just have a mishmash of players, that, and we need a whole load that we need to get out because now they don't gel with this attacking style that we're trying to play, and we don't have the players to play it, and um, at the same time, I don't want to give five transfer windows to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, a man who's not experienced enough in a managerial capacity to do anything with the money. So this is never, ever, ever going to work. We need another reset with somebody that we're going to keep long-term and there I would be less less bothered by the fact that we aren't going to win any silverware or we are finishing outside the Champions League positions as long as I can see what the future is and what we're actually trying to do. Like Chelsea are. People make comparisons and say that it's a transitional season for Chelsea. It's a transitional season for Man United. We're not in the fucking same transitional period as Chelsea. Chelsea look good some weeks. We look good never. There's nothing that we do that looks good. There's nothing that I can see in terms that would identify We'd identify with the word transitional because that would mean that you're trying to transition into something where you would be at least seeing the potential of what you're doing, where you would at least want to keep a handful of these players. How many of these players do you want to keep at Man United if you're a Man United fan? At least Chelsea, they've got a whole plethora of youngsters And that is the transitional period where we're giving them a chance. We're breaking them in. They're actually really good. They're holding their own in the top half of the Premier League. They're holding their own against the likes of Liverpool, who they drew with in the Super Cup and, and narrowly lost to at home. They are actually winning games. They're beating bad sides and holding their own against the good. They're winning away at Lille in the Champions League. That is transitional period. That is breeding in your youngsters. All you need to do next season to take the next step is bringing some world-class signings when you can sign players again, add them to the youngsters that you've embedded, and there you go. That's the identity of Chelsea. That's the future. That's what they're trying to do. What are we trying to do at Manchester United? Somebody tell me. Tweet me. At Lockbetting. What are we trying to do? Who are we trying to keep there? Who's the team built around? Pogba, who's never had a good season and doesn't want to be there. Is it built around Harry Maguire? Do you know what's embarrassing about this Man United Liverpool game? The graphic that we're using to build it up has Mo Salah and Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire is the main marquee name of Manchester United Football Club, a above-average England defender. When England's weakest position at the moment, England's weakness in that national team, is the defense because they don't have any, whole, any world-class centre-backs. And Harry Maguire is almost an automatic selection, and then the next, and then the next debate is who plays alongside him. But that does, that's not to say that Maguire is um, that great. I, I think he's very, very overpriced for what we paid for him. I think he's been one of the better players this season. I think Wan-Bissaka was one of the better players this season before he got injured. But um, other than that, there hasn't been too home, much to write home about. Marcus Rashford isn't the centre-forward. Paul Pogba doesn't want to beat it. Wanya Matic's legs have gone. Scott McTominay is good, but he's not good enough for Manchester United. Jesse Lingard is an embarrassment to Manchester United. Luke Young, uh, sorry, Luke Young. Luke Shaw is constantly injured. Ashley Young shouldn't even be playing in the Premier League. Lindelof had one good season but um, he's come back he's gone back to where he was before where the shirt looks too big for him David De Gea looks a shell of the goalkeeper that he was before which why it doesn't really even bother me if he doesn't play this weekend uh, Anthony, Anthony Martial I'm still on the fence of him sometimes he's lazy and doesn't play sometimes he does um, when he was playing in a centre forward position before he got injured he looked fairly decent so I'm still on the fence about him but the injuries are too much would it make any difference anyway because are these players performing anyway? No no, they're still the same players that are underperforming anyway, and now we're missing over half of them. Um, this is a no-brainer pick for me. Liverpool win this, and they win this quite comfortably. Um, depending on how Manchester United approach this game, um, I have a feeling that a big, big bet here, which could be very, very good for you guys, would be for Manchester United. Uh, sorry, Liverpool to win and. Under two and a half goals, which is available at a massive seven to two, um, I think this that could that could indicate a one or two nil result in this game, where Manchester United actually sit back at home and allow Liverpool to come onto them, and will be looking embarrassingly to score off a set pre, a set piece or making a chance or a free kick or winning a penalty or something stupid like that, and uh, in the end it will be Liverpool that break through and then probably get another one on the on the break in the second half or. Another way that could win is if uh, Liverpool score early and then Manchester United end up end up being the ones that chase the game and Liverpool just end up scoring on the counter. But that would be more dangerous because if Liverpool... If we're pressing forward on Liverpool and they're breaking through on the counter-attack with their attack, they could end up winning this by three or four goals. And in the end, as a Man United fan, obviously I want to win this game. But if we don't win this game, then I want to lose this game heavily. I would... I would would have no issue losing this game by 3 or 4 nil it'd be hard because I hate Liverpool so much but we got to see a change here in in this manner in in the manager and I, I don't know who's really available either at this time of the season uh with Pochettino being still being at Tottenham and I don't know if I necessarily want him anyway Zidane went back to Real Madrid Jose Mourinho is not going to come back to United and we're not going to offer him the job um I guess Allegri would be the one um, that's out there at the moment that he could do a job but we don't need somebody to come in and do a job we don't need any temporary solutions this club has wasted six years since Alex Ferguson went and now we need to sort this shit out once and for all final game is on Monday Sheffield United versus Arsenal where Sheffield United are at 14-5 it's 11-4 the draw and it's 17-20 on Arsenal Oh, I got to stop failing Sheffield United because we've got a big play on them to be relegated, and um, I think that play, standalone play. Um is what we're kind of focusing on now so I don't think we need to be taking any more risky players on Sheffield United games and this one stinks to high heaven Uh, I do think Arsenal will win this game but I'm very wary of the fact that Sheffield United um, are a decent home team Arsenal are a poor away team always susceptible for an upset if it comes down to quality of players on the pitch Arsenal should win this game by two or three but I'm just very very worried about the fact that Sheffield United are a very resilient team this is a big game for them where they make it up for it especially because it's televised and Sheffield United aren't going to be on TV a lot this season. It's Monday night football. It's a nighttime game in Sheffield. The crowd are going to be up for it. And uh, this is a dangerous game for Arsenal. On paper, should they win it? Yeah, they should win this easily. There's not a single Sheffield United player that will get into the Arsenal team, as I said about the Leicester game earlier. But I still think that it is a dangerous game to bet on. Closing out with your lock dog parlay for this show. Listen carefully here to what I do with the locks this week, guys. So, this is going to get a little bit complicated. But um, I have three locks here marked down. And um, two of them we are definitely going to play. The third one we're only going to play if we don't play the second one. So, this is where we, how we're going to go about it. Lock number one that we're 100% going to play is Tottenham on the minus one Asian handicap. Now, this could potentially be a push. So I'm going to give you a second lock that we may play and that's Leicester to beat Burnley. Do not play this if James Madison is not fit to play for Leicester. He's going to be a key player in breaking down a, um, the defense of Burnley. And uh, I don't really love Leicester without him. Yes, I liked him when they played Newcastle, but Burnley are a little bit better than Newcastle and are capable of scoring a goal and coming out of this game with a draw. And James Madison has become a key player. So wait until 2pm. Wait and see if James Madison's in the team. If he is, this is the lock. These are the two locks. Tottenham minus one on the Asian handicap and Leicester to win. If James Madison is not in the team, don't play this. The second lock is going to be Liverpool to win at Manchester United. So that's what we're doing this week with the locks on this show. The underdog play is going to be over 3.5 goals in the Bournemouth Norwich game. It's 6-5. to We are 100% on our dogs this season. And uh, I would like to keep that going with this play. Uh, the parlay. It's going to be really, really simple. It's going to be a London parlay. Uh, it's going to be Chelsea to win and Tottenham to win. Doesn't pay out massively for you, massively for you guys. A hundred pounds turns you one hundred and ninety-five, but that is over minus one hundred and ten. So we will take it. It's money in the bank at the end of the day. So that is going to be the parlay. That's it from me and this edition of the EPL show. Make sure you check me out on The Man Show. That's a podcast that you can download. Search The Man Show podcast. That's where I do my NFL previews each week, um, breakdown. We talk about all kinds of other nonsense on there, women, porn, politics, uh, social media, movies. We talked about the Joker film this week. So make sure you check The Man Show out. That's a little project that I'm doing on the side. And of course, my main project is lockbetting.com. Make sure you, you check that out and get this weekend's European show where we are at 3-0 lock run, 7-2 for the season. And in a couple of weeks, we are going to have a fight show. I'm going to start promoting this early because the fight show picks are 26-7. and 7. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be Canelo versus Kovalev plus UFC on that show. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.